0: Benito, I told him not to give me a big welcome like he did last time in case I disappoint everybody (laughs) the things you learn in church Ben's never had a pie floater amazing you don't know what you've been missing you don't know what you've been missing no 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 when I was young pie floater was the thing you did at midnight before you went home there was a, a pie cart out the front of the post office another one out the front of the railway station There was another one at Norwood, another one at Glenelg. There used to be one down here at Port Adelaide many years ago too. And there were a few others around as well. But anyway, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather here uh, with your spirit. And Lord, I just pray that uh, we'll be able to take in today the things and messages that you want us to absorb in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're continuing on this morning. I'll just see if I can get the technology to work. Bingo, it does work, good. Um, okay, our base scripture, 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that we did not know him so part of our God is theme that we've been going for for a few weeks now this morning I want to talk about God is dad God is dad God is described as father about 15 times in the old testament but about 250 times in the new testament so let's have a look at a few examples from the old testament Psalm 68.5, a father to the fatherless, a, genera, a defender of widows. God is, is God in his holy dwelling. Psalm 103.13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Proverbs 3.11 and 12, my son, do not despise in the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. Isaiah 63, 16. Surely you are still our Father. Even if Abraham and Jacob would disown us, Lord, you would still be our Father. You are our Redeemer from ages past. And some examples from the New Testament. When we get there. I don't know why I point at that because the machine's down there. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourselves shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private then your father who sees everything will reward you matthew 6:26 look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are matthew 10:29 to 31 are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered so don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows luke 12:32 do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom john 3:16 for this is how god loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life there are some who find it difficult to think of God as father. Perhaps because of a challenge or a breakdown in relationship with their earthly father. For some people, the concept of dad is not easy. There are some who have had really good dads or still have really good dads. For some people, dad has not been so good. And for others, dad was absent for whatever reason. But God invites us to have a relationship with him as a perfect father, a perfect parent, sometimes God the Father will be complete opposite to what our earthly father was. I I want to tell you a bit about my dad. My dad was a hard man. There was very little room for negotiation. One of his favourite sayings when trying to negotiate with him was, that's the way it's going to be and that's final and he'd slam his hand down on the table or when I was younger, slam his hand down. Somewhere else. But there was no room for negotiation. As I was growing up, my dad was away from home up to four nights a week with his job. So I didn't get to spend as much time with him as I would have liked to have. But once I became an adult, I found it very easy to blame my dad, rightly or wrongly, for many of the problems that I faced because he wasn't there when I needed him. One day, God showed me that blaming my dad was the easy way out. It was easy for me to handball responsibility for my actions and attitudes over to my dad without having any compassion for what my dad experienced in his formative years. Let me tell you a bit more about him. He was born on the 10th of June, 1936. Yesterday would have been his 87th birthday. Six weeks before my dad was born, his father passed away. Apparently, as I understand it, his father worked at a flour mill and he was pumping up his bicycle tyres before riding off to work and he dropped out of a heart attack. That's as, as much as I know. Um, so my dad never knew his dad at all. The family lived at a place called Yongler in the mid-north, which is about nine kilometres south of Peterborough and he was the youngest of 12. He had seven older sisters and four older brothers. The oldest uh, kid in the family was a brother who was 20 years older than him and he was in the army at the time, so my dad never got to see him much either. He worked after school and on weekends at the the local general store. And when he was 12, at the age of 12, he had to leave school because his mother couldn't afford to send him to high school. So his first job, first full-time job, was on a poultry farm. And his work included cleaning the chook pens, collecting the eggs, feeding the chooks, and killing and processing them for sale. At about 14, he then went to work in the post office at Wyalla, and then at 15, started working at the South Australian Railways in Peterborough. He was called up for national service at age 17 in 1953, where he completed three months basic training at Woodside, And then he went back into the railways, but during that time he served two and a half years in what was then known as the CMF, which is Civilian Military Forces, which is equivalent to the Army Reserve now. He married my mother on the 2nd of March, 1957, and 12 months later to the day I made my grand entrance. So why am I telling you this? My dad did not have the kind of opportunities that I had in life. He didn't have the same kind of opportunities for education. And he certainly never had job opportunities like I had. My, uh, my dad wished that his life had been better than it was. Um, he uh, told me some things that I never realised. I was his firstborn, and he had no idea how to be a father. No one to learn from, no one to go to for advice. He had told me some years earlier that he learned from his older sisters that his dad was not a very nice man. He used to knock his mother around and he was really hard on the kids. I remember a story when auntie told me one time he had this razor strop that he used for discipline and one of my dad's sisters buried it one day. And he wanted to know who had hidden the razor strop and no one would answer up so he gave them all a hiding to make sure he got the right one. A few weeks later, he was digging around in the garden. He found it. And my auntie owned up, so she copped it again. That's the kind of man he was, not a very nice man at all. Um, Everything had to be done his way or or not at all. And there was a bit of that in my father as well. But my father said to me, in some ways, I was glad I never knew my dad. If he was that kind of man. And my father tried very, very hard not to be that kind of man himself. My dad wished his life had been very different. He felt that his life was his identity. And he apologized to me for not being a better father. He believed in God. His understanding of God was through traditional Catholicism, but I don't think he ever comprehended that his idea was found his identity was found in who God was uniquely created him to be his child I don't think my dad ever understood that it took me a long time to realise or recognise that while he tried to be very hard he tried very hard to be a good dad he was hand because he himself had no idea how to be a dad he had no role model and did not have an understanding of God as dad Back to our original scripture. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The challenge for us today in this modern society is to understand the fatherhood of God and to understand who we are in relation to God in that way. All earthly fathers are fallible. All earthly fathers make mistakes. They're human. That's part of being human. We're all the same. But God goes beyond those limitations. God is the perfect parent. Let me say that again. God is the perfect parent. Romans 8.15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. We'll do, talk more about that in a minute. There's three truths that we need to learn and that we need to pass on to others. The first one is God wants us to, wants to relate to us as a father. He wants us to see him as our father. 2 Corinthians 6.16 God has said of you, I will live in you and walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And then in verse 18 it says, I will welcome you and be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. In between, in verse 17, there's a few instructions which I've just left out because it's not relevant to today. But the relevant parts are that he wants to be our father and we shall be his sons and daughters. God wants us to see him as a father. Father is the name that God has chosen to best describe the relationship of a supremely personal being to his son and to his children. Father is a Christian name for God. It's the name that sets Christianity apart from every other religion. Other religions have a great almighty God and an untouchable spirit or the greater metaphysical aura. You know, people talk about the universe. When the universe wants to do this, it's it's impersonal and untouchable a great mystic thing that binds the universe together some religions have a God who is far and almighty untouchable uncontactable but Christianity is the only religion that has a father who gave his son so that we could become his children it's very personal and very intimate no other Religion has that. He has given us the earthly example of family, marriage, husband, wife and father to tell us about him. But sadly and tragically, some people feel forced to shy away from this name because some human males, and I'm one of them, have been poor examples of what fatherhood is. It's sad, but it's part of being human. But God gives us the alternative. The second important truth that we need to latch onto here, John 14, 6. Oh, hang on, where are we gone? There we go. Technology. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So... When we're coming to Jesus or when we're introducing someone to Jesus, where are we taking them? To the Father. We're missing that so often because of our own understanding or lack of it. Or perhaps we miss that because we take it for granted. How often is God wanting to shower us with his fatherly love and we don't even recognise it. We can miss it so easily because we're so caught up in a lot of other things and we take him for granted. God sent Jesus to show the Father heart of God. God wants us to relate, God wants to relate to us, I'm sorry, as a personal father, an eternal father, and Abba father. In John 17, 26, Jesus prays and he says, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, that I myself may be in them. Now this tells me that God has the same amount of love for each and every one of us as he has for Jesus. Not like an earthly father who may have in varying degrees favourites, who, who has a favourite kid? Uh, ben says no, but I know different. <laughs> 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 Emma's his favourite. <laughs> I actually have a friend who um, uh, I used to work with, and I worked with his sister as well. And when it was her birthday, he wished her a happy birthday so she, on Facebook. So she responded with, with, he said, happy birthday, sis. And she said, thanks, bro. Mum says I'm still the favourite. <laughs> and, and they're in their 50s now. So. Where was I? Uh, here we are. Yeah. So when we become a Christian, the full force, the entire amount of God's love... Is bestowed upon us the father's love that he has for Jesus is the same as we have got now that blows me away I don't know about you but that blows me away to think that God can love me that much the love of the father is the same as he has for his son Jesus he has for you and he has for me and God does not have favorites the third truth I want us to look at this morning: God wants us to see, him, sorry, God wants us to see Him as our Abba Father. In the Scriptures, there are many different names used to describe God, and while all the names of God are important in many ways, the name Abba Father is one of the most significant names of God in the entire body, Bible. And understanding how He relates to people. The word Abba is an Aramaic word, which there's no direct translation for, but the most close translation we have is daddy. What's one of the first words that a baby says? "Dad, Dada?" Mom. Mum? <laughs> Regardless of whether it's dad or mum, it's addressing the parents. One of the first things a baby says is calling out to one or other or both parents. So when it comes to the family of God, does it seem reasonable that we should be crying out in words we possibly don't understand, crying out to God? Should we not see him as Abba Father? When we come into the family of God, God pays off all our debts and he severs our ties to sin. He brings us into his family and gives us his name. He gives us the Holy Spirit who is proof of an adoption. Now, in Jewish culture, when an adoption takes place, there has to be multiple witnesses for it to be legal. But in this case, as we are told in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is our witness. The Holy Spirit confirms our adoption by the Father, by God the Father, which makes us his kids, which means that we should be able to approach him how we should have been able to approach our earthly fathers if that were possible. And God is always there for us. The scripture tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us and that we can always cry out to him. And he's very, very emphatic in that. Romans 8, 15 to 16. Now, I want to read this in the message. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it. He very describes it very very well. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid grave-tending life; it's adventurously expectant, greeting God with childlike "What's next, Papa?" God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are—Father and children and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we are certainly going to go through the good times with him. Isn't that fantastic? Have you ever thought of God in that way? It's mind-boggling. Galatians 4, 6. Oh, it's on there. Sorry, one ahead of myself. Because you are his sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. When we have our prayer time, I don't know who has a daily prayer time or what intervals you have prayer time with God, that's between you and God. But when you do, don't be frightened to say, Abba, Father. Talk to him as who he is, our true father. Can the musicians come back, please? Jesus' whole message when he was on earth was come and meet my father. Come and meet my father. I don't know about anybody else here but when I was a small boy (coughs) talking about what my father did (coughs) was something that kids did. My father's bigger and tougher than your dad. My father does this, my father does that, therefore he's pretty good and so am I. I can't remember exactly the conversations, but I do remember talking about my father a lot and wanting to be just like him. At that time, even though he was a hard man, I still wanted to be just like him. The question this morning is, do you want to be just like your your heavenly father? Do you want to Have the same sort of spirit in you that Jesus has. When Jesus was on earth, one of his his significant messages was, see these miracles that I'm doing. My father does that. Hear the words that I'm speaking. I'm just telling you what my father told me. That's another message. See the compassion I have. That's the compassion of the father. See the love I have for you. That's the love the Father has for me. Come and look at me. Spend some time with me. It's like you're spending time with my dad. You're getting to know him. His whole message was come and meet my father. If you believe in me, he can be your father too. God sent Jesus to show them the Father heart of God. God wants us to relate to us as a personal Father, an eternal Father, and Abba Father. Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he's calling us. Come to me, all labor, who labor who and are heavily laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls he's saying here if it's hard work ask me for help if it's too much for you call upon me to help you because I'm not going to overload you I'm going to make it easier for you I'm going to take the burden and do something with it for you. If you're struggling with anything today, God wants to help you with that. You've only got to ask. His burden is light. If you're feeling overloaded, if you're feeling that things are overwhelming you, you don't have to feel that way. Our Heavenly Father is there and wants to help you. I remember a story about a little boy who was climbing over a fence and as he went over, his father was watching him and the boy was talking to himself. He said, come on, kid, you can do it. Come on, get over this fence. Come on, kid. And he was searching to find, try and find the ground on the other side. He was on his tummy and sliding over so he couldn't see where his feet were and they were only that far from the ground. And he was saying, come on, kid, you can do it. You can do it. You can reach it. Come on, kid. And in the end, he gave up. He couldn't do it. And his father just grabbed hold of him and gently slid him off the fence. And he suddenly realised he didn't have very far to go at all. How often in our life does that happen to us where something is bugging us? Something is giving us a hard time and we're thinking it's insurmountable. Our Heavenly Father says, hang on a minute. You haven't actually got very far to go. And he gives us a gentle push. And we find it much easier. Has that ever happened to anybody? Whatever you're struggling with today, maybe God wants to do that. Maybe you haven't got very far to go and your feet can touch the ground again. And God will help you do that. You might just need a gentle push. You can ask God to give that to you. Our original scripture, John, 1 John 3.1 See what great love The Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. If there's anyone here who does not yet know him, he wants to get to know you. He wants you to reach out to him and cry out, Abba, Father. And that's the relationship that he would like to have with each and every one of us.
1: just want to ask everyone to close their eyes, take a moment of prayer and reflection. As Mao said, the conversation around God as dad, as father, can be a confronting one for many of us. Maybe we haven't had a dad, so we don't even comprehend the idea or our example hasn't been great or it has been great. But I have a sense even today, just while we're in this moment, that I want to give people an opportunity to respond and call out to God as Father, to ask God that he would reveal himself to us as Dad, as Father. And we're all in this together. We don't have to do this alone we can do it together so while every head is bowed and every eye closed just reach out to him in your heart and just say that simple prayer God show me you as dad reveal to me what it means for you to be my dad to be my father, just reach out to him right now, take a moment, you know even for those of us who know him well as dad, there's still more to know, he's not finished revealing himself to us, there's still more he wants us to know of him, he still wants to take us deeper. So don't be afraid to say, God, I want to know more of you. Open my eyes to the reality of who you are. Because as we've been saying over the last few weeks, we don't really know who we are until we know who God is. Because he is the one who formed us in his image. So begin to reach out to him, church. Ask him. Ask him. So as he says as Jesus said is my father like an earthly father if you ask him for a, st- like for a fish will he give you a stone And God's not going to give you something terrible he's going to give you what you need what is good so just begin to ask him right now reach out to him God we pray for every person in this place pray for those who especially find it hard to relate to you as father and we just pray right now that this would be a turning point today that your holy spirit would begin to reveal to them that they are children of god and that god you are our father abba father dad dearest dad our god our father our all in all God, I just pray that even this week, that situations and circumstances would lead them to this place of knowing you as their parent, their father, their dad. We thank you for your word today. We give you all glory and honour, Lord God. We praise you for what you're doing in our house and in our church. And we just pray and pray and pray that we would know you more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.